The Jim Channel Podcast, bringing you the big picture on geoscientific information management through interviews and discussions. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Acquire's podcast, The Jim Channel. I'm Sarah Mitchell, and today I'm joined by our guest, Paul Stacy. Paul is the president and founder of MapIt, specializing in 2D and 3D project modeling, integration, and data management for the mineral exploration and mining industry. He has over 20 years of experience in providing the best tools for managing data. Paul is also part of Acquire's Nova Network, a program which features accredited partners who offer high-quality gym consulting services to the resources industry. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. We are also joined by Misha Stacker, Acquire's content marketing specialist. Hi, Misha. Hi, everyone. Paul, let's get right into it and tell us a little bit about your background. You have over 20 years experience in mining software and data management tools. Uh, how, did, how did you get started in this industry? Well, I hate when you say it's 20 years because it doesn't seem like it's been in there. I've been in there that long, but I guess it has been. Um, I actually started in, uh, in government here in Canada, working for the Geological Survey of Canada. And uh, that was pretty much straight out of school. And then they sort of uh, ran out of ran out of money at that point and sort of been an evolving thing, more getting away from the uh, from the private sector and moving more and more into public sector companies. And I've sort of been dragged along with uh, some com- some people that I've worked with over the years. And they sort of, as people move from project to project, have been brought along as part of the team, sort of in an unofficial capacity, but certainly a member of a semi-regular team, along with a bunch of other companies that have sort of come and gone over the years. Excellent. And, and what is your background? What was your training before you got started? Well, I'm training, I'm probably pretty much the uber generalist as a as my degree is in geography, which is pretty much applicable to anything and everything, right from business to mineral exploration to anything. And at the time, there wasn't a, a GIS focus per se. It was called geographic information processing at the time. But uh, that's pretty much where I started. And it's been a really good field for me to be in because I've it's, it's something that's been really portable, and when mineral sector goes into one of its downturns, I can move over to the business, and when business, and well, really not when business gets uh, slow, because it's always going there, but the mineral sector comes and goes, and it's it's really a place I've, I've had a lot of fun working in, and so when it comes up, I, I come back, and when it goes down, I may or may not leave, but I'm certainly back when it's up. Like the last downturn wasn't really much of a downturn, I guess, probably down a few per- percentage points, maybe. But it's really a great place to go. And I actually started this this gym thing uh, during a downturn, which was a bit of an unfortunate time to start it. But uh, it really helped myself and the Nova Partner Network in general and Acquire as well figure out uh, how this works and how to get all the bugs out when there wasn't a lot of customers for it. So it's been a really good time over the last two, three years working with uh, with Acquire on the gym and the uh, and the Nova Network partnership. Now, you um, you mentioned uh, at the beginning uh, that you started in GIS. It, could you just give us a quick um, explanation of the difference between GIS and GIM? Because I think there's still some confusion out there. Sometimes when we're talking about GIM, people think we're talking about GIS and vice versa. Uh, yeah, sure. The... The GIS, actually, it's an interesting story there because the gym is, from my experience anyways, more of a traditional data management person or people. Uh, they really, they, they live and breathe databases. 
And that's really not where I've come from. I've come from the GIS side, which is much more of a data user. And we'll cover some of that in a little bit probably. But as a data user, I really, I think I really got to appreciate the benefit of, of clean data. So whatever software package I bring, bring to play, and I have a lot of them, but it doesn't really matter how good the software is because if the data is no good, if, if the, the, the core, the bones of what you're working with in terms of project data are no good, then you can throw the best package at it. And if the data is no good, you can't really make any heads or tails of it really in whatever software you bring to it. So GIS is about mapping good data whereas Jim's is managing data for the sake of the data. Do you think there's a broad understanding of the difference between those two in the industry right now? Right now, I think it's I think it's coming up. I think there's a bit more recognition for for good data at least for some of the people that I'm talking to. It it really comes to comes to the front when you when you make a mistake. When your data goes the wrong way or you lose data or you recognize that oh my God, I've lost all my QC, then people really recognize the value of good data. But to some degree, until until you have a reason to recognize the, the benefits, it's hard to hard to allocate the, the resources to to managing uh, gym data properly or well, whether or not it's properly, yeah. Okay, so uh, recognizing the benefits is obviously one of the big challenges. And I, I think you made a fantastic point there that if if you've never suffered from bad data, you may not realize um, how uh, what a powerful thing it is. Now, what did you? What other uh, challenges have you noticed, especially when you started for Jim or ge- geoscientific information management? Okay, I might have to run that question one more time. But one more come if I can come back to the to the suffering with data for a second. Uh, you don't even really need to to suffer a data loss or anything like that. Uh, as you get, as your your project gets more and more advanced, I just got a really good example of that. I had a a customer a long time, well, long time ago, several years ago, and their data was in reasonable shape. But uh, it's a different kind of suffering. But they they had an interested party come to the table, and the party said, "Okay, your project looks really good. Give me your data, and we'll we'll take a look, and we probably have a deal." So they passed their data on. And the company, the, the third party that was interested, couldn't make heads or tails of their data, but it took them a month to do that. And so by the time they came back, they'd lost a month, and then they came back and said, okay, we, we can't make heads or tails, but we still, wanna, we still wanna work with you guys. Can you clean this up? And it took a long time back and forth, and then the market fell off. So the data wasn't, they didn't really have a data bomb kind of thing, but they, they're, because of the situation with their data, they, had a, they lost a huge opportunity. Well, I, I think that's a really good uh, answer to the question I asked in a very roundabout way. But I, I think okay, good. You know, yeah, no, no. Actually, because what you've just said is that there's a lot of good business reasons why you need data, um, and the data needs to be in good shape. And I think you know, losing a sale or losing a major opportunity, and and uh, losing a, the opportunity in a cycle, um, that's pretty impressive. And the data interoperability with the gym system. Uh, really means that it almost doesn't matter what uh, what software somebody trying to evaluate your project is using. It's, there's a better than 90% chance, I'd suggest, that uh, that data will come right into their package and they'd be able to evaluate it in, in minutes or days as opposed to trying to figure out the data for the sake of the data rather than figuring out if the project is one they want to participate in. So, yeah, and I think you can't underestimate the value of that time savings and what can happen 
um, it, in the, what can happen in the span of time that you might be um, working on data problems or what can happen if you don't have to deal with that and you can get on with your business. So um, that's excellent. In, uh, Paul, in your current work, you're the founder of MapIt and you're an Acquire Nova Network partner. So what do you think is the value of data management consultants um, for the industry? Because you, you work as an independent. Um, what's the value that you guys add? Well, to a degree, uh, some of the value is that you can drop us at a moment's notice. And that means that you don't have to carry the overhead of staff um, if, if you happen to go into a cyclical or a down cycle, let's say. Um, you don't need to carry uh, external consultants. You can, you can let them go or you can tone them down. And it really has a, a much less of an impact on the bottom line of, of the project operations. So, uh, and as well, that they're, they're an independent thing. In my case, anyways, I'm an independent. So I can, I can move between projects. And I see a lot of projects, a lot of good things and a lot of bad things. And so I can I can go out there and, and see what other people are doing, what other other projects are doing, see what works for them, see what doesn't. And I can bring that knowledge back to uh, my client or my clients at the time versus if you if you staff someone, uh, you have to pay that overhead. You got to you got to pay them in good times and bad, ideally. But really, they only see your project and they don't potentially anyways, they don't have um, as as broad as ex an experience as they might have if they were coming from the outside in. Uh, a good geologist I really respect over the years uh, had a had a good geologic example, and his was uh, whoever sees the most rocks before they die wins. Well, in in the from an external data management professional view, whoever sees the most projects uh, before they retire, it's not that's a little bit more positive than die. But whoever uh, gets the exposed to the most and most varied workflows is probably going to be able to provide a really good service to a company. Um, Paul, you're mentioning that you, I guess, talking along those lines of, of seeing lots of different projects and, and what's happening in the industry um, and having that exposure. What do you see are the main challenges facing the minerals industry at this point in time? Well, over the last couple of years, for sure, that those challenges have not been data related specifically. They're, they're, I mean, they're no surprise to anybody. It's, it's been financing and, and partnerships with uh, other companies that may be able to push your project forward when you're not in a position to do so. And I mean, it's not all the solutions, but one of the solutions is, is as we talked about, is getting your data into shape so that somebody else can evaluate it, make it accessible. And really, something to differentiate you from from all the other companies that are out there that are in the same same boat. What are the what are the barriers? So finance is obviously a big one, and I think um, that's something that everybody struggles with, even even in the up of the cycle. But what are some of the other barriers you see stopping companies from from getting the most out of their data? Well, if you if we're just looking strictly data, then it's that it's getting your data structured. Uh, I've, I've seen projects where they have a couple hundred drill holes on their project and they've got an excellent geologist, but then that geologist leaves and that geologist was able to, well, let me back up. Um, they, they could have a couple hundred drill holes on their project and each drill hole is in a separate Excel file. And I've, and I've seen this and it wasn't a problem when they had their, their geologist that's been in with the project since the, since day one. And they have a really good spatial brain, and they were able to 
put all those spreadsheets and all the rocks that they've seen, they were able to assemble that in their brain and push that project forward regardless of the lack of data integrity, for want of a better word. But then you get into a situation that maybe there's a downturn, maybe that project geologist just moves on of their own accord, and then they're you're kind of left holding the bag. And, and what do you do with 200 Excel files that are all formatted to, to print properly? There's no way you can push that project forward. You have to almost restart <clears throat> restart or uh, or find another way to compile that data to to uh, generate a good picture of what your of your current project situation to move it forward and you're really gone into a holding pattern until you can do that well that's that's uh, that really leads to my next question so you're talking about the importance of being able to access this data and accessing it um, in a way that people can understand how to use it even if you're not the original geologist so uh, wh- when should that start happening? Well, it, sh- it should start happening from day one. Whether or not Acquire Gyms is, is the system to put in place on day one, that's up for debate. But uh, there should be some data management protocols put in place at, from any project from the first drill hole or the first field sample, uh, surface sample. Without uh, structured data management protocols in place, uh, things can go sideways really, really easily. But it's but it's also not strictly from the data user side. Um, a lot of the upside that I that I push to potential customers on this and to existing customers because it's not something that is traditionally available. But things as simple as well, simple is maybe an overstatement, but as simple as NeoWeb. This uh, something like NeoWeb, which is a sort of an add-on to the Acquire system. Um, makes data accessible to management and management more or less has uh, i mean they've got better things to do than than figure out how to work a software or uh, work a spreadsheet with something like neoweb in place they can access the the project progress they can access drill holes they can see compilation maps they could be sitting down at a coffee shop and and talk about project specifics and not whatever they've got built in their PowerPoint that's sitting on their iPad. They can get to the project and they can communicate the value of their project to somebody sitting right there with no software at all. Why, if this is so important, and, and you mentioned that, you know, from day one, really, at the beginning of the exploration phase, the more structure you can put around that data management um, and obviously, people in the exploration phase are looking to the next step, which is to either sell or go into operation. So why do you think the awareness around this is so poor? It's, it's just not a priority. Um, well, I mean, it's becoming a higher priority as companies get more advanced and, and rules are put in place for, for data quality, data QC, all that kind of stuff. And that does push the, push the awareness up. But a lot of, well, not a lot, but... There are companies out there that will uh, basically say it's somebody else's problem. I'm not looking to become a miner. I'm looking to get this project advanced, and then I'm looking to sell it off to the next person, and they can really worry about compiling this data. And I've been on projects where they they move into sort of the next phase of mining, and they're doing uh, rock competency or or, uh, um, what am I looking for here? Yeah, rock properties. They're looking to collect strictly... uh, on assessment and stuff like that and they've gone out into the field to do a hole the maybe it's a water level hole or something like that and they're standing right beside another drill hole there's a casing sticking out of the ground right beside where 
their mine engineer said, we need to know what's going on right here. And there's a hole sitting right there, but it's been lost. Or it wasn't fully leveraged when it was first drilled. Well, I just think that's so fascinating because earlier you gave us this great example of how uh, an, an explorer actually couldn't sell because their data wasn't in the right shape and it took months to get that in shape. And then when they sold or tried to sell, then the deal fell through because the the market had gone down. So what what can we do as an industry to raise awareness about the importance of, of putting structure around the data from the very beginning? There's a, there's a tough question. Uh, I, I, I fight that one. Well, I try and communicate that one all the time, whether or not I fight it. No, really, you, you do fight it. You're fighting those people that, uh, that say Excel's fine. And when you've got maybe less than 10 holes, less than 20 holes, on a project and they're all really short holes and it's always been the same person, the same company, the same logger, the same chemical suite being applied to that project, maybe that is enough at that point. But you get to the point relatively quickly where you need to be ready for anything to happen. Somebody could show up and try and take your take your project out and maybe they got the right the right number in their head and you you need to be ready for everything. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Paul, just before just before we close, I, I'd be really interested to hear what you think the mine of the future is going to look like. Yeah, you, you're, you're ending on some tough ones, aren't you? <laughs> we went easy on you in the beginning. <laughs> mine of the future. Well, uh, if if the last 20 years has been any any indication, uh, it's going to be deeper and it's going to have less people involved and the people that are still involved are going to have to wear that many more hats. And the easier, basically, the easier we can make their job, uh, the safer they'll be able to push the project forward, the more accurately they'll be able to, or the, the quicker, really, as well. That's that's always key as well. How fast can you get your project to market? And uh, the, if you can structure your data and make it accessible uh, so you can bring in the best, the best brains of the time and you don't want to have to get them to learn a new software you need to make that accessible the data accessible to them in whatever system they're most comfortable in so they can just get straight to work um and it comes down to safety as well so you can you can uh, properly map where rock burst potentials and all that kind of stuff has to have a place in your data structure such that uh, you can push your 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 exploration play into a mining play and then make it uh, as successful as quickly and as safely as possible Paul, what are you what are you looking forward to in the industry or uh, with MapIt for the next you know two, three, five years? Two, three, five years. Uh, well, that's it's been as I said before, it's been a really interesting time. I still enjoy using data on the GIS and the compilation and the modeling and the targeting side. I, I still really enjoy all that, and I I take the data right through to the PR side as well. But from the data management side. Focusing on that, um, the last couple or three years that I've been working with Acquire and more recently as as officially part of the Nova Network Partnership, because I sort of started working with them before that became a thing. But uh, since that's been going in the last couple of years, it's it's been slow, as I said, but it's it's helped us uh, make this this package and this service even better over that time. We've had some customers come through and it's been a really good learning experience, both for them and for us. And we're pushing that forward. And there's there's now a, a global network of, of partners. And we're really able to serve. I mean, it's a hosted solution, so I could serve anybody globally, really. But now that we've got a wider network, we've got increased capacity to handle more clients. Um, 
we've got some really smart people. Some are ex-acquire personnel. Some are uh, trained on the outside, like myself. And we're really we're we're ready to uh, get the message out. And we hope we hope people are listening to uh, to find out that. I mean, acquire really has a has a good name in the market, but. Uh, this is just a way that, I mean, given the pr- financial price points, it, it's a way that people can implement Acquire that much sooner. And when you're ready to to do it sort of the more the traditional way where you get into the software purchase, then you're welcome to do that. But until such time, you can you can basically contract and uh, and get your data management needs addressed through a subscription rather than a purchase. And it makes it that much more accessible to to a lot more clients. Well, I think that sounds really exciting, especially if that helps in any way to raise the awareness and, you know, ultimately um, help the industry just run better and more profitably for everybody involved in it. Um, Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been really interesting and uh, we appreciate your insight. Oh, thanks for your time. Thanks, Paul. We've enjoyed having you on the podcast. Okay. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Acquire's podcast, The Gym Channel. Find us at acquire.com.au.